Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Are you guys ready for the word of the Lord this morning? So we are talking about the reign of the love of God, the reign of his love. I want to read um, Luke 10, 38 through 41. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for this beautiful church, for these beautiful people. And I thank you for your word this morning. And I pray, God, that Um, As I speak, it would be the words that you have for your people, and it would fall on ears that would hear and hearts that would be open to, to have and hold what you have for us today. And I thank you um, just for a beautiful Sunday morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I woke up this morning, and it was just the most gorgeous day. I mean, just the sun is shining. Yesterday, our um, our neighbor was at our house, and he was like, he was like, "You guys, this is a great winter. Are you enjoying it?" We're like, "Yeah, we are actually." And then it stormed all day yesterday. After we said that, which was fine, but um, I love this portion of scripture. I love the story of Mary and Martha, and I love to take it in different ways. I think sometimes we can learn something new from different um, portions of scripture if our heart is open to what God is saying. Amen. Sometimes we go through the same stories over and over, and we're like, I can't hear that story one more time, but you have to today. You're welcome. Um, So we're talking about this reign of the kingdom of God, and I want to read Zach's definition of the kingdom that he brought up um, last Sunday because it was so powerful. And just the understanding that what the, what the reign of love is, is a kingdom of, of the reign of God coming onto the earth. And what does, that, what does that look like for us as Christians? So can we put that up? The, um, the kingdom of God is the reign of heaven that brings God's abounding, thriving, innovative, creative, peaceful, healing, loving order to a world of disorder and brokenness. How many can say, I feel like the world needs some order? The world is ready for a move of heaven that will shake every single core. And so I want to talk about what that looks like in my life for me and what I feel like that will look like for us um, as a church. I think this... um, this thing of love, talking about love, you know, we hear love in all these different loves all we need, or loves in the air, loves more than a feeling, or I really, really love tacos, which is true. Um, so um, we're, we're, ex- we're experiencing the um, more taco part, the Hispanic culture that Rochester has. It is not as much as Las Vegas, 
but we're learning that there's some, right? There is some. If you look hard enough, you can find it. Um, but I want to talk about the love that Jesus brings. Because if you look at the life of Christ, love looks like something, amen? It looks like Jesus, Jesus incarnate, Jesus living out the perfect image of the Father in the earth. And so if love looks like Jesus, let's explore the life of Christ. And I want to talk about this encounter that Jesus has with these two women. You know, one of the things I love about the example of Jesus in Scripture is how much he loved women. He stopped for them. He loved them. He taught them. He broke every cult cultural bound at the time and just reached right into, he said, I don't care what it looks like. I'll meet her at a well at noonday. I don't care what it looks like. I'll call a woman my disciple and an apostle. I don't care what it looks like. It didn't matter what the culture said. And so I love that about Jesus. You know, I always um, say something. We never really needed a feminist movement. We just needed to know what Jesus felt about us as women. So that was, that was free for you guys. <laughs> so a few years ago, I had this great idea that I was going to put on this beautiful Mother's Day um, brunch, lunch for my family. And um, it was, uh, Mother's Day happened to be on a Sunday. And Sunday's like my biggest work day. I don't know about you guys, but some, you guys get to come to church. Church is work for me sometimes. And so we had, you know, I think that we, we were having two services that Sunday. And so we go home and I had this whole idea. I'm going to invite my mom and my sisters and all the cousins. I have one sister with six kids and one with one kid and plus my five. That's a lot of kids. And so I was like, I'm going to make, I had just learned, my Hispanic girlfriend had just taught me how to make this uh, tomatillo um, green salsa from scratch. And I was like, I'm going to make that, let my husband cook some carne asada, and I'm going to make my homemade chocolate cake. And I was like, I'm like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to have the nicest spread for Mother's Day in my house. I think it was three hours later, I was still in the kitchen cooking for my mom who was late, my sisters who were late, and then I'm standing there and I'm looking around and I'm like, why am I doing this? It's Mother's Day. Like, I'm a mom too. I want to be celebrated. I don't want to work in the kitchen. Now, I um, just have to let you know, I am not the cook in my house, so it's not like I'm regularly slaving away in the kitchen. It's my husband's job. Um, he absolutely loves it. He is the best cook in the house, so he does it most of the time. So I just want to, you know, not be deceitful. I do like to bake, though. Not any time recently, because my husband and I were on a nice little diet. It's fine, though. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. Just pray for me when I really want to cook. Make stuff. All right. Um, so I, have, I just remember thinking, I'm like, why am I doing this? So now you want to know what my Mother's Day tradition is? I pick the restaurant, I pick the movie, and we do what I want. And nobody's invited except me, my husband, and my kids. <laughs> but I love my mom so much. Okay. I just have to say that. But I feel like the kingdom of God is revealed to me so much in this portion of scripture. It's so significant to my heart. There was a, many years ago, we had a Tuesday night prayer group, and um, we showed up to the prayer group, and I, I really like encounters with Jesus, 
and I'm a little bit more reserved than my husband. My husband pretends like he's reserved. He ain't reserved. He loves the presence of the Lord. He loves to go after it. He is a man of prayer and fire, I'm telling you. Um, and so for me, I'm just a little bit more like I'll watch and see. But I, this night I came and I was like, I really want to encounter the Lord tonight. And I'm seeing everybody like prophesy and getting just wrecked in the presence and crying. And God was just moving. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I feel nothing. I was like, am I dead inside? And so we leave the Tuesday prayer night. And um, we had Tuesday night prayer in this old daycare that smelled like pee and diapers. Jesus. You know, if you're experiencing the presence of God in an old daycare that smells like pee, it's really God and not anything else. <laughs> so we leave that night and, and we're talking and I'm talking to my husband and I'm like, I just don't understand. Like, what did I not do right this week? Because I didn't feel Jesus at all. And I'm, I was being completely like just honest with my heart. Like, I didn't pray all week, and I didn't even read my Bible this week, and I know I'm supposed to be a pastor's wife, but there's weeks that go by where I might not read my Bible. I'm sorry. Um, the two of you that laugh is great. The rest of you judging me. Well, Jesus judges you too. Just kidding. Okay, back on track. All right. But we, so we, we pull up to this gas station and I remember, and I'm like finally crying because I'm so sad. I'm not crying in prayer, but I'm crying because I didn't cry in prayer, crying after that. I don't know. Sometimes women are crazy. So we're sitting in there and my husband, he's like about to pump gas and he looks at me. He's like, honey, you're not Martha, you're Mary. And then he puts on a worship song for me that he knows will hit my heart. This is like a trend in our marriage whenever I'm going through something. He's just like, I know what you need, babe. And he'll put on a worship song, and it'll be like exactly what I need. But he puts on this worship song, and I can't even explain to you the presence of the Lord that crashed into my car. And the lasting experience we had, it was like if you walked up to the car, you probably couldn't move. It lasted so long, we drove all the way home. We got into my kitchen. I kid you not. And again, I'm speaking because this is ne not necessarily my personal experience. I wound, I wound up crying and laughing for the next two or three hours on the ground in my living room, just wrecked with the love of God. And so I love the story of Mary and Martha because I find myself being Martha, I can't even tell you how many times in my life. And I think sometimes she gets a bad rap, right? Because without Martha, how are we going to get anything done? Like, we need to do stuff, church. Like, somebody has to clean the church. Somebody has to, you know, somebody's got to do something. And if we're all just praying all the time, who's going to do the work? Martha gets a bad rap. I think sometimes we take ourselves so seriously. If I don't pray, God won't move today. It's like, I need you to be in the nursery with the kids today because if you're not in the nursery, nobody else is in the nursery, and there's about 10 moms that aren't going to be able to experience Jesus today. So, okay. Again, you guys are going to get that later. 
Sometimes we need to just do work and not take ourselves so seriously. But I believe that there is a spirit behind what God is saying to Mary and to Martha to give us an expression of what God prioritizes when the kingdom comes into our midst. And when the kingdom comes, he manifests it in, these, in three different ways. And I'm just going to expound on these. Um, God manifests his kingdom at a table. You know, um, I think it's so interesting when you look and you study um, the whole story of Mary and Martha. They were friends of Jesus. These were like Jesus' homies. He just wasn't going to anybody's house. He was like, we're going to go to my friend's house, Mary and Martha. And Martha was a widow, so she was taking care of all of the stuff. And, and sometimes we, sometimes off our familiarity will take us to a place of serving when we should be sitting or a place of not experiencing God when we should be experiencing him because we get so familiar with who he is. See, Martha just wasn't anybody. Martha was Jesus' friend. And, and, and maybe she just forgot who she was for a minute. I love this scripture in John. You know, Zach touched on this story last week, the woman at the well, and such a powerful story. There's so much in that where Jesus met this woman in her place at noonday. You know, he was where twerking was invented. <laughs> How many of you guys heard that last week? <laughs> Lord Jesus. All right. This is what Jesus says to the woman at the well. If you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. Sometimes we don't realize that the kingdom of God that comes near us is just a matter of us asking, is just a matter of us sitting at the table, is just a matter of us coming to him with a heart open to him saying, yes, I want this from you. See, Martha didn't understand that she had a place with Jesus at the table. Martha didn't understand that there wasn't anything that she could have done for Jesus more than what she was already doing by being with Jesus. He gives us a drink where we are never going to thirst again. And there's a place for all of us at his table. I think sometimes we're unaware what happens at our table. You know, um, one of my spiritual moms, Debbie Titus, She's powerful. She wrote a book called The Table Experience, and in there she talks about how the family unit was completely changed in the 1950s when um, the, the TV table was introduced into the home. And they put countertops in front of TVs and TV tables in front of TVs, and the family stopped sitting at a table together. You know... Most of my um, amazing encounters with my kids have been at a table. And they're crazy. I mean, they're crazy. But God moves at a table. See, I feel like Martha was missing the moment. 
And because of that, her response was unhealthy. I don't think what she was doing was unhealthy. I think her response to the moment was unhealthy. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. It's not about us making sure that we're getting stuff done and making sure that we're doing what we need to do for Jesus. That's not what's unhealthy. What's unhealthy is our response when Jesus says, won't you come in and sit? You know, um, the Ethiopic version reads that this is Mary's response, is that she walked in the room and she stood and looked at Jesus. She didn't sit at his feet. She stood and looked in. There's a posture of our heart that we we would rather stand than sit. We would rather come over rather than come under. We would rather be prideful than be humble. We would rather think that what we're doing is more important than coming under and understanding that he is more important. See, there was a posture of Mary's heart that was unhealthy, and that's what we need to learn from the story. It doesn't matter if we're working hard for Jesus. It doesn't matter if we're doing a lot of things good for Jesus. All of that is good stuff. That's not what was wrong with Martha. What was wrong with Martha was her response to Jesus. What was wrong with Martha was her response to Mary, her heart condition. And then Jesus, I love Jesus so much. Martha, Martha. I don't know about you, but if Jesus says your name twice, there's something going on. Martha, Martha, Peter, Peter. Like he, if he said your name twice, you better straighten up and listen. I was like, now I'm going to say my kid's name. David, David. It's kind of weird. I'm not Jesus. But Jesus says, Martha, Martha. One thing, and you're missing it. One thing is needed, and you're looking over it. One thing, I'm here. I'm here. Mary's recognizing who's in the room. You're recognizing what needs to be done. See, discouragement in our life, when we're discouraged, it leads to disillusionment. And disillusionment leads to offense. And I feel like sometimes we are offended at the Lord. And then we cannot recognize when he's in the room. And what happens is because we have an expectation of an outcome and it doesn't meet our expectations, we put it on God instead of putting it on us. And then we wind up disillusioned. We wonder why. And then we're offended at God. See, I think Martha was offended at Jesus. Jesus, why aren't you saying anything to my sister? Do you not see what I'm doing alone by myself and she's just sitting there with you? I think she was offended at Jesus because she had an expectation of an outcome that wasn't being met for her. And when we get discouraged, we could get disillusioned. And when we're disillusioned, we become offended. See, when the presence of Jesus, when the king comes in the room, the reign of God comes in and everything else fades. But the king could be in the room and you won't recognize it if you're offended. 
Sometimes we don't see God manifesting his kingdom reign in the earth because we have a posture of our heart that keeps us unable from receiving what God is doing. It's also what keeps us from including people at our table. It also keeps us from things that cause offense in our heart. Our perspective keeps our eyes open to what Jesus is doing in the room, but if our perspective is off, we could miss it. Do you see God moving in the earth? Because if you don't, your perspective might be off. Because God is moving all over the earth. If you keep your heart open, you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. See, Mary's, Martha's perspective was on what to do, not who was in the room. Her perspective needed to change. You know, um, yesterday I, I was kind of stressing out, and I'm like, I need to prepare, I need to finish, you know, I don't have my whole message, and uh, my husband's like, well, you're preaching on Mary and Martha, right? And I'm like, yeah, but I just need to get it all together. He's like, well, maybe you just need to live it. I mean, he said it really nicely. (laughs) So nice. He was very gracious. I was not upset at all, and I could have, you know, like, if he was mean about it, I would have been offended, but I wasn't. And so um, we had the most amazing day. We, had, uh, we went to see a movie with our kids, uh, Lord of the Rings, the third one. They remastered it. If you're like that and you like that kind of stuff, it's all in the theater. We had so much fun. So we saw the third one. Then we went to an amazing dinner, um, just, our, just our kids, just our family. And then we went home, and um, instead of me like spending the rest of the night in prayer, we had like this spontaneous dance party in our living room. It was so fun. I can, I can barely walk up the stairs today because we started this workout thing with some of the girls and then I danced all night. Um, but it's okay. Jesus is good. But I was thinking last night as I was laying in bed, I was like, I didn't even crack my Bible today. But you are with me. Every single step. Like, I didn't do anything Christian at all. I saw a movie in the theater, went to dinner with my kids, and had a dance party to not Christian music. (laughs) And I had so much fun. You know, Josiah leaned over to me after worship, and he's like, church is fun. If it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. If this wasn't fun for me, I wouldn't do it. So we had a spontaneous dance party last night. And I thought, Jesus, I'm so glad that I know that I'm your daughter and you're faithful. The third thing is, I don't think Mary knew who she was. I don't think Mary knew. I mean, Martha, sorry, I'll mix them up. I don't think Martha in that moment, frustrated at not getting help, knew what Jesus thought about her. I am really good at checking off boxes and making people look like it's all together on the outside. But what I really need is to know what Jesus says about me. 
I don't think Martha really fully understood the love that Jesus had for her, the tender care that he thought about her. There's this powerful scripture, um, Colossians 1.13. I love this. He has, uh, you know, I love when there's past tenses in the Bible because that means it's done. Like has means done. Has means it's, it's finished, right? He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. See, the reign of the love of God reveals that we have been rescued. We have been saved from. We have been pulled out of. There is no hold that this tyrannical rule of darkness has on us. So if we're walking in darkness, it's because we want to and choose to because we've been set free from it. And he has translated us. It's like being picked up and put in a whole nother place. It kind of reminds me of a whole family being, being plucked out of like Las Vegas and then put in Rochester. It's like translated. Not that one is dark and the other isn't. But you know what I mean? Like we have to see visually, right? I have to see visually that God has literally taken my life from darkness and put my life into the light of who he is. I have been set free from darkness, which means now I know who I am and whose I am because what he set me free from. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. The reign of the love of God is the reign of Jesus that tells us who we are. See... Martha had a seat at the feet of Jesus. She just chose not to see it. She allowed her busyness or her work or the things that she put on a a scale of more importance to take preeminence over what was the most important thing for her. At that moment, Jesus was in the room. The kingdom was in her midst. See, the Pharisees missed it. They asked Jesus, where's the kingdom? He's like, you're looking everywhere, but it's right here. I'm the kingdom. It's in our midst. It's here. It's me. And it's available to you right now. That is the reign of love. You know, I think about that story when I cooked for Mother's Day. And I thought, nobody asked me to do that. My husband didn't say, hey, I'm going to need you to make me a five-course gourmet lunch after church, two services, and I'm going to need you to, um, to make sure it's homemade from scratch. He didn't ask me to do that. My kids didn't ask me to cook for them. They would have been happy with whatever. 
See, sometimes we're approaching Jesus doing something he didn't ask. Martha wasn't asked to prepare or to do all of these things. Jesus just wanted to be with her. She had a place with him. She had a place at his feet. I believe with all my heart that there has to be a rest and a reset in our minds and in our hearts when it comes to the kingdom love and the reign of God. Because in all of our striving, striving's not going to win our city. Striving's not going to win the lost. When we're striving, it's what we can do with our own hands. This is what's powerful about the kingdom reign of God. Because it's not what I can do. It's what he can do. I remember hearing somebody say, if your dreams are big enough for you to accomplish, you need to dream bigger. Because that means that dream is not connected to the heart of God. Because God's dream is impossible for you to do. That scares me and challenges me. I think I'm pretty great. I have a very healthy self-esteem, and I think I can accomplish a lot in my own hands. I really do. I think most of us have really asked ourselves we did too. But once we get out of that place where this is what I can do with my hands, and God, what can I do with yours? See, God wants revival more than we ever thought or imagined. God wants a move of heaven. God wants to see his kids come home. But we're constantly trying to do it ourselves. In our own hands, in our own way. And Jesus is saying, Martha, Martha, why? I have a place for you. You don't have to be jealous of Mary. You don't have to be envious of her breakthrough. You don't have to worry what she's not doing because she's where she's supposed to be, at my feet. Because when Jesus is in the room, you have a chance to stand or to sit. Will you lift your hands with me? I pray right now, God, that there would be a rest and a reset in our hearts and in our minds. That we would understand we have an opportunity to respond to you and your presence. And I pray as a church, we would be able to say, with a humble heart, I will sit at your feet. the revelation of the love of God. See, the love of God that is fierce and strong, the love of God that would say, Martha, Martha, 
Sometimes we think love is like Jesus going, oh, it's okay, you can keep cooking in the kitchen. No, the fierce love of God says, don't miss this moment, Martha. What are you doing? Don't you understand that I am giving life right now? And I love this because in a day and time where women were not welcome at the feet of Jesus or the table of a disciple, they were not welcome to be disciples. It's a picture of us today as the church saying, there is no one not welcome at the table of the Lord. Jesus is calling every single son and daughter to come to his table, to feast. They have a place. Church, we have a place at the feet of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word. I thank you for revealing who you are in your son. Give you all the glory. And I pray as we leave today, we would be encouraged to know that we have a seat at your table, God. We have a place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.